Macy Gage from the Tangentialist blog digs up and discusses events and experiences from her own collaged history on having a stigmatized condition known as bipolar. She relates, reflects, and refocuses it into infectiously funny anecdotes and amusing stories that will have you in stitches. Being a roaming artist, a roaming distracted artist, that reinvents and reimagines her goals constantly, this podcast takes you down a twisting rabbit hole of icons and avenues of slightly familiar yet offbeat occurrences. Join her every other week as she delves into her own bizarre memory banks, pulling out some eccentric moments that capture the intimacy on the ups and downs of this disorder lived out in her electric days of her rebellious youth. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tangentialist Podcast with Macy Gage and let's just dive right in. So this episode is number 20 and it is called, what is it called, which is the one that I decided to talk about today. Oh yeah, Crack Addict Pity. So yeah, I didn't really know how to start this one. I was like, hmm, this is one that, yeah, it's like, oh, <laughs> what was I thinking when, when this happened? So yeah, it was, it was when uh, I was with Jude in, uh, we were going to, to university in Toronto, Canada, and so I called it Crack Attic Pity, and this is uh, how I saw it back then, um, or at least I thought I did. I was inviting danger into our perfect little setup flat in the gay village. I mean, it wasn't perfect as one window didn't have a screen and the bathtub was bright pink, but it was really big, this apartment that we had, and it was a really great layout. Uh, it overlooked Church Street, uh, sort of the hub of the gay community. In Well, back then it was, uh, and sort of is now, but it's, yeah, it's, it's gotten a little weird down there now. Because they they painted uh, the streets like rainbows, it's a little weird. It's become sort of a marketing thing. But well, you know, this is how things can end up happening. <laughs> but anyway, where was I? So yeah, so the gay uh, gay community in downtown Toronto, Canada, and and we went. Uh, we we were near our school, uh, and the rent was was sort of reasonable uh, at the time. This was sort of in the early two thousands. And, and the area was full of fun and interesting and often international people ready for a party at any second. And yeah, I remember going out just to have a cigarette and yeah, seeing all kinds of different things. But I had to put a stop. Uh, I had to put a stop to this seemingly ideal situation. Why did I deserve it? I had made life for Jude, a living hell. We broke up frequently, and I was in sort of a self-sabotage mode again. I'm not sure if I was fully aware at the time, but I wanted to wreck this infallible setting. Something was wrong, and rather than addressing it, I chose to ruin it by bringing dangerous people into our place. I even was trying to separate myself from Jude in the space, claiming that he could have one side of the apartment while I had the other. Ridiculous, right? At, at the same time, I was inviting strangers in from the street, becoming intimate with some of them, while others were taking items with them as they left. 
I was so out of it, I didn't even notice until the next day. They even tried selling me back my laptop. I mean, come on, really, right? I mean, I considered it. I was like, well, I do need it for school, but it's like, no. You know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be quite that silly. Uh, but, but it was a gorgeous neighborhood and flat. Unfortunately, because I didn't think I deserved it where my life was going, or maybe it was just how wonderful everything was feeling at that particular moment. I mean, the way that, like I said, we were facing Church Street, which during the day, like that was the room, it was the biggest room in, in the apartment, but both Jude and I, we we would have our, our desks and our computers set up in that room. And there was like, I can't remember how many windows, but I think three or four windows. And it, it let in so much sunlight. And we'd brought back, brought the uh, the blinds that, that Jude had actually made in the Stephanie Street apartment. And it's like these canvas blinds that let in a lot of light. It was, it was really nice. Um, but here's me going off on a tangent. So yeah, where was I? I was uh, so yeah, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous apartment and neighborhood, and and I just I I don't know. There was something in my head. I was like, no, I don't deserve this, uh, and I don't know why things are going this way and everything's so wonderful. And it's like, why, why did I? Why was I having this? It just I was stuck on this this sort of record playing in my head of I don't deserve this and. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that this is not for me and, and I don't want to use the victim card. I thought that I needed to struggle more. That is what I had known with, with constantly moving and, and fake Jake's instability and, and disabling drugs and, and reckless decisions and, and sort of the lack of direction didn't help. Uh, it was probably a number of sort of factors that gained momentum, you know, over the years. But I started phoning the police <laughs> as I was seeing my options were becoming limited. I thought I was the one who was being harmed here in this ordeal. But really, I was the one uh, that was that was causing these stupid situations. That it was really the other way around. That Jude only wanted what was what was best for me. And and he saw I was I was sort of losing the plot. He he knew he needed to sort of bring in sort of a, a rescue party. Unfortunately, though, they took me away because they saw me as as you know the reckless one, <laughs> and they could see that uh, Jude was the one that was being the the rational one, and I was being the irrational one. So I was putting my anchor at risk, serious risk, in fact. These strangers were completely new to me. I knew nothing about them, not even all of their names. How embarrassing is that? At the moment, it made total sense how I was behaving and reacting to what was happening. I could justify anything. We were becoming distant towards each other. These were my new buddies, and that's that's the way I thought of them. They, They were helping me. In uh, you know new ways of having fun, and you know I would sit out on the steps to the apartment, and this was like sort of a, a sort of an area of Toronto where everybody was always celebrating. It was just it was a really fun area, and so there's always like the, the neighborhood never slept, and so I'd go out for a cigarette, and there'd be people handing around joints of you know whatever the latest sort of drug was, and I would just you know I'd take it. I was thinking you know what. 
I'm going to post-secondary education. I need, I need to take the edge off. Whatever this is, I don't care. And, you know, I would just, I didn't even think of the consequences. You know, I was like, I deserve this. This is, you know, I'm, I need to take, yes, I said, the edge off. And I was like, no, you need to be responsible. Like, what's going on? You need to know what you're doing. And I, I didn't realize that, uh, that these people weren't healthy for me. Or, or responsible but yeah it was uh it was uh it was a strange time I mean I thought it was a fun time but not really <laughs> I was even bailing uh to my family uh, on some some days I mean I would go there some days of the week and they appeared to care only half-heartedly though Jude and I were having constant arguments that didn't end well and uh yeah it was we weren't communicating basically essentially we weren't communicating very well at all i understand now that that i was manic and poor jude was suffering the sort of bruising behaviors that i was exhibiting uh you know and i was putting a tremendous sort of financial and emotional burden on him due to my spending and my trying to juggle the school and and inviting these dangerous people into into our home which does just you know like what was i thinking obviously i wasn't thinking but, but poor judy had to juggle the uh, the crazy crazy girlfriend and working insane hours at his job and also getting all the work done which you know i was just so frustrated that you know i'd work hours and hours in these uh, essays and i'd get out all these you know pictures from from the reference library and use like really none of them <laughs> i was just so inspired i was like yes this is gonna be great and and yeah and then jude would get this you know stellar grades where i would just get you know like a c or a b and i'd be like what i did all this work and he yeah <laughs> jealousy i guess right or envy is what I had and anyway so yeah I was talking about my family and how they didn't even really seem to care like they were just there you know they didn't even participate in what I was well maybe not participate but they were just you know like they were there which is good it's a very good constant thing to have to be there right to yeah dude and I they we weren't communicating very well very well and I, I understand that now um, you know, that I was manic, and as I said, poor Jude had to suffer the brunt of, of my ridiculous behavior, and that he was trying to juggle, you know, all these crazy things, and I wasn't helping. Being aware now how influential certain vitamins and minerals and, and sleep and purpose impact how secure my brain chemistry is makes having some balance even more achievable and sustainable those are very very popular words these days but but the, it's very true well the sustainable part but but yeah i think that that's that's a very crucial and very important part of of having any kind of disorder you need to have a balance of sort of routine things in your life like you have to be routine about your sleep routine about your diet sort of like you kind of eat the same sort of things and 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 you just you you have well I think having some exercise in your life is is very important. Doesn't matter what it is, it could be even just walking, you know, or any 
sort of little activity can really, really work and really, really help you in giving you that, well, it gives me the happy feeling, just having that little bit of exercise throughout the week. I was even doing some yoga and, you know, Tai Chi. I find Tai Chi is very, very good. It's like a moving meditation and, and they're, they're kind of everywhere. They've all got all kinds of locations. So you'd have to sort of hopefully have somebody that is, is fluent in, in understanding the internet because I can't really communicate to you what is, what is the best choice because I don't know where you are exactly. But, but yeah, I think these are really important things. And, but yeah, I was talking about that, or I will be talking about that in the time management uh, episode coming up. But yeah, this crack addict pity, well, I don't know. Yeah, it was pity, but it was me just trying to reach out to somebody that I saw that was also struggling. And I was thinking that I was relating myself and my experience to them and thinking that I was like that and that I needed I needed to convey my experiences or, or just show them that, look, you know what, I... I understand the the struggle that you've been through and or that you're going through and that I you know I'm I'm there too in some ways and I don't know if I was even that conscious of all that back then but I I think upon reflection of of this time that you know what I was just reaching out to see if I could both help myself and help someone that I thought was also going through something that was very similar to what I was feeling. And for some reason, I was just sticking my head in the sand in regards to Jude. And I wasn't realizing how much he was really putting himself out there to really try to try to help me as well. He was he was doing his thing, but he was also trying to take care of me too. And I, I don't know, I guess I was still in that mindset of, you know, thinking about Jake and thinking, no, he's just a selfish and he's just going to, he's just going to turn out like him and, and be a real, a real, a real mess. And I'm just, you know, he's just trying to fool me. But yeah, reflection is often good in times because, because it helps us, uh, helps us figure things out. And yeah, I think that's it for this episode. I mean, it's nice to share this and I, and I hope that it helps others in, in seeing maybe some similarities from their own behaviors or friends that they know or maybe they see something that they had never seen before in themselves or in how I handled something. And that's that's what I hope this this podcast does for somebody, right? It does for me too. It does it does help to to share this stuff and and just get it out there and and yeah, just be a nice little sort of story for for other people to be like, hey, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Or, you know what, the, she's got some, she's got some good ideas or, wow, that's a weird story or who knows, right? So thank you, Glorious Humanoids, for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Remember to like, share and comment on this Tangentialist podcast. You can do that at http colon backslash backslash www.facebook.com backslash tangentialist. That's T-A-N-G-E-N-T-A-L-I-S-T with a capital T. And this is what I will go into great deal with in the next episode as I take you down another rabbit hole of my heady days of my rebellious youth, tripped up by disorder. Folding up these anecdotes, I express them to you and I give them for you to enjoy and consider as I reflect and remodel 
and re-engage what the future has for me on these social platforms. See you next time on The Tangentalist. <laughs>